everybody. I hope you're doing well today. You're about to hear a sermon at Laurentian Wesleyan Church in North Bay, Ontario, Canada. Whether you attend our church or are listening for the first time, we sincerely pray this recording is of help to you. And don't forget, it's always better live. Join us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Thanks again for listening. What, uh, what gives something value? What gives something value? Um, you know, Chrissy and I were married 11 years this, uh, this past July 21st. Chrissy's always nervous when I mention her name. What are you going to say? Um, but, uh, you know, when I went looking for an engagement ring, I knew, that, I knew that Chrissy liked the color, like she liked silver kind of more than, than gold. And so I went looking for white gold, and that's kind of the color of our, of our rings. My ring is, is white gold. And as I understand it, white gold is, is a mixture of gold and, and some other alloys that kind of turn it that, uh, uh, that silver, silver color. Uh, and you know what, it doesn't, it kind of goes without saying that gold is a pretty valuable resource. But you know what, I, I was reading that if you built a building that was 70, 70 feet by 70 feet, so kind of a square footprint, and made it six stories high, you could fill that building with all the gold ever mined in human history. That's how much gold there is in, in the world. Now, I don't know how you think about space and things like that. I thought, wow, I thought there'd be a lot more than that, <laughs> right? But it, uh, they, they say that's, uh, you know, um, Vivian, you're the expert probably. You could correct me on that. But, but you can, uh, and they say that that gold would be worth $5 trillion. Gold is a valuable, a valuable resource. But why, why is it so valuable, right? Why is it so valuable? Well, you could say, well, it's because it's maybe rare, but it's valuable because it's in demand, right? It's in demand. I want to talk to you uh, for just a minute today and us. Uh, why, why are you so valuable? Why are you so valuable? Why, why is the church of Christ so valuable. And along the way, we'll touch on some values <laughs> that, uh, that we want in our lives and in our church as well. And so I want to just focus on one, one passage of Scripture today, and it's from 1 Peter 2, verse 9. And uh, can, we, can we read that together? Let's read it. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen. Isn't that a great scripture? I think, I think this verse is powerful for you and I today because we are forgetful. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm forgetful. We sometimes forget Right? We kind of see all through Scripture, especially the Old Testament, that they would build, you know, build things and monuments and altars to remind them. I mean, really, isn't that why God set up these feasts and, and things that would happen throughout the year to remind the Israelites of what, uh, of what had happened in the past? 
We're forgetful. I think I can speak for you too. You're forgetful sometimes. I'm forgetful. We, uh, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I'll determine to do something. And just a few minutes later, I turn my back on it. Right? I'll, uh, Chrissy and I are just doing a little, we're going to go and see some friends today down south. And, uh, you know, I'll be determined. You know what? We need to eat better. Let's go order something that's better. And then we get there and stop, and I forget. <laughs> right? And uh, we do things like that. But in more serious ways, what causes us to be forgetful about who we are? About who we are, about some of these things we're going to look at in this verse today. Well, I think discouragement can cause us, right? Discouragement that yanks our emotions around. You know, do you ever have that happen? I have that happen sometimes. Something will be kind of going along great and just something happens or something is said and it just pulls me over here and I forget. Disappointment, bad news, uncertainty can cause us to forget. It could even be opposition or or people behaving badly can cause us to forget who we are. All of these things can get our eyes off the truth about who you and I are. They can cause confusion in our lives and they can cause our faith sometimes to be shaken. And so I want to remind us today of who you are, who I am, who we are as a church. And of course, that first one is you are a chosen people. You are chosen. You are chosen. People, people believe they are forgotten by God sometimes, don't we? Have you ever thought that, that God has forgotten about? He must have forgotten about me. That's why we need this reminder. God has, has not forgotten about you. In fact, he has, he has chosen you. He's picked you. You know, in the past, the Jewish people were called God's chosen people, and they still hold that special place in God's, in God's heart. But Jesus has opened the door that all could come to him. He is not willing, it says in 2 Peter 3, 9, that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance, we obtain membership in this new chosen race and chosen people, not because we're part of Abraham's family, but by believing in Jesus. Maybe you heard the story about the, the little girl that was just, just learning. Her parents were discerning you know, how to tell her that she was adopted. Right, And she had some other siblings, and, and the little girl came to her mother and, and said, Mommy, weren't you, are you telling me that I wasn't born in your tummy? And the, the mother said to her, No, you were born in my heart. You were born in my heart. You are a chosen, you're a chosen people. You're part of the family as we follow Christ. We read the promise given to the people of Israel in 1 Samuel 12, 22. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. To make you his own. And now God has called you and I his own. A chosen people. I think of Father God opening his arms and saying, come to me. 
I don't really need to think of it. Jesus said that, right? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And he says, come, I choose you, right? I want you. Why is it significant? Because I think that it's that, it's that idea of I, I want. I want you. You weren't just the, the end of the barrel. And, you know, I guess I got to take you. No, he chose. He chose you. But the invitation, of course, must be received. And we turn and choose him in return. Have you chosen the one who has chosen you? You are chosen. You have great value to God. Number two, you are a a child of the king. A royal priesthood. You know, there's a song that, uh, that I used to sing with my dad, we had a we had a little group called. It was my uncle and my my dad and my uncles, my two cousins, and I got drug along <laughs> there as well. Sometimes I liked it, sometimes I didn't, but that's beside the point. Um, but we sang this song: "My father is rich in houses and lands; he holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands, of rubies and diamonds, of silver and gold." His coffers are full. He has riches untold. I'm a child of the King, a child of the King. With Jesus, my Savior, I'm a child of the King. Has anybody heard that before? Heard that before? A child of the King. And there's kind of this Johnny Cash thing you do with it. They talk back and forth. But you know what? It's funny the things you remember. And it's true. (laughs) We are a child of of the king we're we're the king's the king's kids you are royalty with all the rights and privileges that that come with it so remember your worth your value you're a, a son and daughter of the king of kings but it it says a royal priesthood right we focused on that word royal but can we focus on that word priesthood for just a second? Number three, you are commissioned into service. You are commissioned into service. You know what? There's a lot of people that think life, what's the purpose of life? You know what? People, I had a conversation this week uh, um, with someone, I can't remember the details of it, but, you know, talking about the church and the relevance of the church. The church still relevant? Well, you know what? People are still asking the same questions, right? That they've been asking throughout time. Why am I here? Is there a God? And we believe, we believe Scripture has something to say about that. And we believe our experience with the Lord can speak into those questions. You are commissioned into service. You have a purpose. In the Old Testament, a priest had, there was this, they had special access to God. They were the ones to enter the most holy place in the tabernacle, and and they kind of did it on behalf of the people, right? And in this passage, this passage says that you are a royal priesthood. It's talking broadly. Followers of Christ, those who are obedient and follow him, that you are a royal priesthood. All who have accepted the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, as we read in the verses preceding this one, there are there are no there are no longer special access 
priests who have exclusive access to God. All believers are priests having free access. And all believers are commissioned into service, each doing their part in the body of Christ. Each doing their part. Do you believe this? (laughs) Do you believe this? We sometimes call this the priesthood of all believers. Do you know do you know what your gifts are? What are you passionate about? What what things get you motivated to serve? God has put those things in you. And when you and I are part of the body of Christ, we work as a team. The idea of a lone ranger Christian is is an oxymoron. It's a strange concept to scripture that you would want to do it alone. If you think that you can honor God and serve him completely detached from the body of Christ, I don't know what Bible you're reading, to be frank. We are part of something. And you know what? There's a principle there, and it's quite clear that God has gifted you and gifted me differently so that we complement one another and can work together and do something that neither one of us could do alone. And when we pull away, we're missing parts of the body, right? Some of you have experienced, some of you have, have friends that have experienced literally, right, that they have had to have uh, a limb amputated. And they, they can live a wonderful life, but they have a disability, right? They have to overcome that. And God can help us, (laughs) but he's designed us to be part of the body. Are we we missing a part? I'm honored to be your pastor. It's a role that Christ has given the church clearly in scripture, and, and I don't take it lightly, but he has also given each of us a role. Whatever the age or stage you find yourself in, God has an area of service for you. What is your role? The church, your church, our church, we need prayer, prayer warriors, don't we? Have you, I, I, uh, have you experienced times when, boy, there, there were words said or something done that... Uh, that it just seemed like God was speaking so clearly through that. And you've kind of seen other times when the same words, kind of, the same things were done, and it, it felt a bit empty for some reason. And you know what? It's hard to kind of measure these things, but that's prayer, I think. <laughs> right? That's prayer. The backbone of the church We need your prayer. We need your ideas. We need your creativity. We need your skills and gifts. We need your faith. If there has ever been a time that you felt like I wasn't listening as your pastor, can I say I'm sorry? Because I want to listen and work together for the common mission that Christ has given us through his word to invite people into a fully devoted, life-giving relationship with Jesus. You have a purpose. You know, the world needs to hear 
this message. People believe that they don't have a purpose, that they're just here. As long as they're happy, they can go on. But when kind of life throws them a curveball, well, in Christ, we are a royal priesthood, not offering animal sacrifices like in the Old Testament, but offering our bodies to God for his service. No one has special access. We all have it as followers of Christ. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. In number four this morning, he cleansed you. He cleansed you. Have you ever, a rhetorical question, but have you ever been dirty? <laughs> right? Right? You ever been dirty and then you just had that, boy, you had that shower, you washed your face, whatever, and there was, ah, you know, that felt good. Well, we believe the Bible clearly says that we, we're, we're dirty <laughs> and we can't get clean ourselves. He calls us a, a holy nation. A holy nation. Holy means completely set apart for God's purposes. Perfect. How, how could this describe you and I? I mean, these are descriptions of, of you and I as followers of Christ, his church. How could we be described as a holy nation? I know my heart. You know your heart. I'm certainly not good enough to be called holy, perfect. I admit sometimes I don't make the right choice. I'll bet you would admit those things too. But when we come to Christ and give him our lives, he takes our past, he takes our mistakes, he takes our regrets, he takes our sin, he takes our shame, he takes our guilt, and he takes it away. He takes it away. Forgiveness is ours. Peace of mind and heart and spirit are ours. He looks at us and says, you are a holy nation. Not because we're good enough, but because he is good enough. So have you ever felt inadequate? Undeserving? Unfit? <laughs> have you ever done anything that you regretted? done anything that you carry shame about? Maybe you're struggling with something actively and you just, you just keep, God, help me. I guarantee that there are those around you that do too. And this is the hope of Christ, that he cleanses us and calls us a holy nation, a holy nation. You know, it, uh, you know, people say all the time, I don't want to go to church because it's just a bunch of hypocrites. Well, come and join the group, right? Right? We're all, we're not perfect. And sometimes we let off this impression that we are. But we're forgiven. And he's helping us. And he calls us a holy nation. Number five today. He, he loves you. He loves you. You are God's 
special possession. I meant to bring this out earlier, but through the miracle of modern technology, I can walk and talk. Um, There are things that we keep around us that are just a special possession. And uh, I remember that uh, this is a, just, a, just a hanging that I have on my, in my office. It's, a, it's a, kind of an old-fashioned picture of a, of, a, of a carriage and horse and some kids walking behind. When you walk with God, you never walk alone, it says. And so, you know, maybe you've got things like this in your, uh, in your house. But this is cherished to me because it was given to, my, given to me by my mom and dad on my graduation. And, uh, and so I cherish that. Right, I cherish that. God says that that He says these things about you and I and His church that He that He cherishes us as a special possession. And sometimes we forget, don't we? <laughs> sometimes we forget the love of God. And that he cherishes us. And we say, God, but what about this? And what about this? And he says, I love you. I want to work through what you're going through right now. I, uh, can I just maybe state, uh, state the obvious, if you've kind of been, been looking around, that uh, this has been a weird year for our church been a, a, a weird as maybe a <laughs> it's been a it's been a hard year there's been some difficulties along the way and sometimes can i confess that there have been times i've forgotten i've forgotten some of these things i've forgotten maybe who we are who god calls us to be and we need to be reminded because we can forget So I remind us today that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And what has he done these things? What's the result, right? There's a line in, uh, I've kind of said it today several times, but there's a line in a, a worship song that every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. Right? He doesn't just say these things so that, pardon the expression, so that we can get fat, right? And become fat Christians, right? What happens, you know, let's just, when you take too much in, you don't burn it off. He doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to turn those things into praise. And it says it right here in the verse. Could you put up that, that verse uh, that's earlier there? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So, here we are. God has called us and chosen us and showed us his, how he looks at us. We are of great value, both as individuals as, and as a body of believers together. And he hasn't stopped the mission that he has for us of calling people out of darkness into light. He wants to take the darkness that maybe is in the corners of your heart and he wants to expose it, not to expose you, but to deal with it. He wants to cleanse us. He wants to help us. 
there is still darkness around us, isn't there? You know what, I, uh, um, sometimes I, as you know, kind of I enjoy uh, watching the news and kind of keeping up on some things like that. But recently I've kind of, I've tried to get a little bit more local stuff, right? I get this email that tells me the stories of the day right here in North Bay. And I'm stating the obvious that you already know there's darkness right here. There's darkness. And he has called us out of the darkness into his wonderful light because of what he has done. And he's called us to be his ambassadors and shine his light in those dark places. So God is still calling people out of the darkness into light. He wants us to shine the light of Christ into the dark places in this world. People still need hope. They're still looking for peace. They need the light of Jesus. And God has called us. And God has called us and chosen us. Devoted devoted to Jesus. Devoted to each other. You know, this uh, a few weeks ago... We, uh, Christy and I got back from, from vacation and, and the one thing that's happening at, uh, um, uh, at the cottage where we go in, in, uh, Nova Scotia and spend part of our time there. And, uh, it's a great place with Chrissy's family. And I've talked about that before, but Chrissy's, Chrissy's father is, uh, building a new cottage on the, on the side of the lake there. They have a little cottage there now, but it is, uh, the family has kind of outgrown that little cottage, and he's building a bigger, a bigger cottage. And so he has been cutting down these beautiful big uh, pine trees to make way for the, the cottage. And it's kind of neat. He's going to have those milled, and the cottage is partly going to be build with, built with the, the, the trees that were standing on the property. And you know what? There's just, uh, there's just it was inconsequential kind of, but we were helping... Uh, Charles moved some of the brush and things like that. And, and as you do in times like that, he had a, 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 a big link of, of, of chain, right? I kind of, it made me, you know, as I saw it, it made me think of growing up on the farm because dad had chains like that. These huge, you know, it wasn't like the chain you put your dog on, right? These are huge iron chains that you, uh, that are just strong and heavy and I just had to move it right and you look at that chain and you think man it can't it's 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 unbreakable right it's unbreakable you can hook that to a truck or a tractor and pull this huge thing and those chains are unbreakable well you know what I think as we close today I think there are chains in our lives sometimes that the enemy can put there. Lies that we believe that chain us, right? You've, you've experienced that perhaps yourself, but I know you've experienced with others when you try to express the love God has for them, that there's all sorts of chains, right? And they can't see it and they can't receive it because there's things in the way. And we're going to sing that just simple chorus again. You know where this is heading, right? That we believe the power of Jesus has the power to break chains. And when I think of that heavy, heavy 
iron chain that I moved at the cottage just to get it out of the way. You look at that and say, how could that be broken, right? And we can kind of look at the things maybe in our life, maybe in the lives of others, as we look in care and concern. We say, I don't know. I've, I've kind of stopped praying about that. I don't think it can be broken. God specializes in breaking things that seem unbreakable. So what does he need to break? What does he need to tear apart in our, in our lives? We always kind of look first to us. What does he need to break in our church? What does he need to break in our loved ones' lives today? Thanks so much for listening today. It's our prayer that you would discover the love, joy, and purpose found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We would love to hear from you, or better yet, why not visit us? You can find out more about our church at our website, LaurentianChurch.com. Laurentian Wesleyan Church, following Christ, growing together. Thank you.